The upcoming election in the United States is possibly the most important election in our history so far. For the first time in history, we're going through an impeachment and an election at the same time, and the stakes are incredibly high. Whatever your political beliefs, the current president of the United States, Donald Trump, is dangerous, and the damage that he has done in office will take generations to heal. If he gets through an impeachment and an election, he's going to be more dangerous than ever. So I bring this up not to scare anyone, but to honor the significance of the moment. So I'm going to be releasing some bonus episodes throughout 2020 about the USA election, the important things to know about the astrology of this election, and the major players. I'm going to be kicking off the bonus episodes by doing a series of episodes about the major Democratic candidates, and at some point I'll do one about the Republican candidate. Donald Trump, because whether or not these candidates get the nomination, they're playing an important role in the story of 2020. So I hope you enjoy. I'm going to be kicking off the spotlights on the candidates with um, a candidate who has just had a birthday. He is a Capricorn Aquarius Cusper, and he was born on January 19th. 1982 so he was born just before the sun moved from capricorn to aquarius and he is the first openly gay person to be a major presidential candidate ladies and gentlemen welcome to the stage south bend mayor pete Buttigieg. my name is pete Buttigieg. most people just stick with mayor pete and I'm running for president because I think our country is running out of time. But I also think it's not too late. But we got to find a new vocabulary, and the times we're living in call on us to organize around our values. So now is the time we break down the idea that values is a conservative idea, especially in our times. Values like freedom are not conservative values, they're American values, and today they have progressive implications. So don't let anybody tell you that the other side is the party of freedom. And the same thing, by the way, goes for patriotism. We're going to break that spell that has people thinking that the flag belongs on one side of the aisle. The, the flag that was attached to my shoulder when I stepped off that C-17 in Afghanistan was not a Republican flag, it was an American flag. symbolizing, among other things, the idea that we are able and indeed sometimes required to be critical of our leadership. And when we do, nobody will question our loyalty to the republic for which it stands, let alone tell us to go back to where we came from. When he says, I believe this country is running out of time, but I still have hope, He's embodying his Capricorn Aquarius cusp. He begins on a very serious, responsible note, um, a very heavy note that embodies the Capricorn. And he says, I believe this country's running out of time. Capricorn as a sign rules over time. And then the end of the statement, he brings in the optimism by saying that he still has hope. This is the idealist sign of Aquarius. Um, looking towards the future and always being the optimist, that's Aquarius. Not only is his son on the cusp of Aquarius, he also has Mercury and Venus in Aquarius. 
Venus in astrology represents many things, um, but she represents our values. So when he talks about values and freedom and patriotism belonging to everyone as opposed to just belonging to the Republicans or just belonging to conservatively minded people, he embodies this Venus and Aquarius that he has in his chart because Aquarius is the sign of the collective of equality and of community. And and that's what he's embodying when he says that values and patriotism and freedom is something that belongs to everyone, no matter what your political affiliation is, no matter what, um, what else might define you as a person. He also has Mercury in Aquarius, and um, during the time of his birth, it was in its evening star phase, and it had just set. It's resting in his sixth house, um, which is the house in astrology that rules over your day-to-day -day life. And this having Mercury in Aquarius in his sixth house makes him suitable for any job where he has to communicate with large groups on a daily basis, which makes sense because he was able to win. I'm going to get more into um, his life and his like biographical stuff. He was able to win a mayoral seat at a very young age going up against a established politician. And again, in this race, he's going against some really big powerhouses in politics, and yet he is still a front runner. Um, and I think a lot of that is just based on how strong his campaign is and what a good speaker he is and what a good communicator he is. Also, his moon is in Sagittarius conjunct Uranus. Um, so he belongs to the older portion of the millennial generation. And these people have Uranus and Neptune in Sagittarius. Um, a, a, a few years later, Uranus and Neptune will move into Capricorn and go conjunct in Capricorn. And the younger half of the millennial generation have that aspect in their charts. And so this group of people with, with Uranus and Neptune and Sagittarius kind of slowly approaching each other, kind of chasing each other, um, they're currently in their late 30s, I think, yeah, like mostly. Um, they are the philosophers and the humanistic leaders who are going to be leading us into the age of Aquarius. Um, that's their, the role that they're playing um, based on this part of their chart. They're supposed to be using their intellect and their devotion to truth in order to help us move ahead as a, a species and as a humanity. And Pete Buttigieg, he's had political ambitions his entire life. He did this interview with the New York Times, and I'll link to this in the show notes because I'm probably going to cite it a few times. Um, the New York Times did these amazing biographical pieces on the top four um, Democratic candidates, and they uh, they shed a lot of insight into these people's lives and like why they're running for president. And I think that they're really informative. So I'll, I'll find those and link to those in the show notes for you if you want to check those out. But he talks about in his college years, he felt like he had to choose between being openly gay and being a politician. Now this is big because um, his whole life, he, he dreamt of being a politician. He talks about how his parents were, they were very liberal and they were very political and he was really exposed to um, like democratic values and like learning about politics at a young age and he really took to it. Um, and then later in life, he realizes that there's like a contradiction, um, that there's a piece of him, a piece of who he is that's going to prevent him from achieving his dream. So, and what that's connected to 
astrologically is in the years 1981 to 1983, there was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Libra. So if you were born in 1981, 1982, or 1983, you have this conjunction in your chart. And that actually makes 2020 a really important year for you, for these people, because Saturn and Pluto meet every 37 years. And every time they do, they begin a new 37 year cycle in the process of the dance between Saturn and Pluto is about shifting power. That's a very broad way to define that based on like where in, where in the zodiac they meet and like what the circumstances are with their conjunction. There's different conversations happening, but the overall theme is that these 37 year cycles are about the shifting of power. And you can really study the conjunctions over the 20th century um, and you can see how they, how you can see how if you track them through the world wars, how you can really see the shifting of power, the redrawing of borders. And it's really interesting and that's probably something that we'll have to have a discussion about another time. Um, but in the, in the 1980s, um, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction was in Libra. Libra is the sign of, well, it's, again, there's a lot of themes with Libra, but um, relationships is one of the biggest themes in Libra, particularly partnerships, maybe romantic partnerships, but there's lots of different kinds of partnerships in the world. And it was about the power dynamics in a relationship. Um, and it's also about which relationships were seen as quote, legit by authority figures. Um, and by that, I mean, like, which two people were allowed to get married, which two people would have a legit relationship where, you know, they would be able to start a family the way anyone else would. I'm talking about gay marriage. <laughs> so um, this was um, these years was when the AIDS epidemic was happening, um, and there was a lot of co important conversations beginning about the rights of people who were attracted to the same sex. Again, this is like a really big topic, and I'm I'm gonna kind of have to skim over this history. It it would be really fascinating to sort of delve into the astrology of the AIDS epidemic because I think so much of the astrology of of back then is relevant to the year 2020 and the 2020s in general. Um, but I'm gonna have to skim over it because we're we're focusing on on Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg was born into this moment, and I think it was Carl Jung who said that any moment that you're born into you are a product of that moment. So he is helping the collective complete this cycle. He is, this year, um, in his, his, one of the roles he's playing in this election is he's cracking the glass ceiling for the LGBTQA plus community. Um, feminists kind of coined the term glass ceiling, but everybody has a glass ceiling. If you're not like a straight white man with a bunch of money, there's some kind of glass ceiling over your head and we all have those battles that we have to fight. So he's doing that for, um, I'm gonna say gay community because I think that's kind of an umbrella term. If I'm wrong, correct me. Um, however far Pete goes in this race, he is paving a path that LGBTQ people will follow for years to come because 
it is time for them to become a part of the authority. So remember I said during the conjunction in Libra, it was kind of about being recognized by the authority, but now that they're meeting in Capricorn, they're stepping up and becoming the authority. The um, gay, lesbian, trans people are becoming part of the government or becoming part of people who lead big companies and any other kind of like big leadership Capricorn like um, role, it's time for you to step up because a major cycle in the in the gay rights um, astro astrology is kind of completing. Um, yeah, I keep thinking it would be really cool to do a whole episode on this. Um, but yeah, um, let's focus on Pete. Um, <laughs> he talks about, so he talks about feeling like he has to choose between being gay um, and being a politician. He also feels like he has to choose between being gay and having a family. And I mean, I'm not, I don't have any experience with um, being gay, but I feel like he's definitely not the only gay person to feel that way, that they have to sacrifice um, really big parts of what they want in life in order to be their true selves. And that's, that's really sad. Um, he talks about how he dated women for a really long time. So you can see how not only is he living this conjunction in his public life, he was living the conjunction in his personal life as well. Um, and that's another really big point about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Libra that happened in the 80s. It was meant to disrupt gender norms within families. It was meant to shatter the illusion that certain things can only be between a masculine man and a feminine woman. That shift was a part of that. Um, and we've been working through it for the past 40 years, possibly even longer than that. Um, and a big part of Pete's life so far, if I can be so bold as to act like I know <laughs> about Pete Buttigieg's personal life, it's been about walking this path with the collective and with his um, community of LGBTQA plus people um, and going through this process of redefining what relationships really mean and what power dynamics and relationships mean. And Libra as a sign, not only is it about relationships, it's about compromise and balance. And something that Pete has always been really passionate about is healing this deep division between the two political parties in the United States. Currently, he is one of the more moderate Democratic candidates in the, in the election. Um, he's pointing towards a future where Republicans and Democrats can actually learn to work together, which I think is really powerful. That's one of the reasons I really like Pete Buttigieg. I'm not going to like openly support or not support any particular candidate in this podcast because I don't feel like that's ethical to like impose my political opinions on you. But I will say I do think that's a huge strength about Pete as a candidate is this desire to really unite um, the two sides, because I think that's something that the United States really, really needs right now. If you listen to the episode that I did on the lunar eclipse in Cancer on January 10th, um, I there's a whole section of the episode where I talk about the chariot card and the tarot and how it sort of represents the bipartisanship in the United States. So if you're interested in that, you can you can go back to that. But yeah, 
So let's talk about Pete's Sagittarius moon um, and his Sagittarius planets. He embodied his Sagittarius moon um, when he ventured away from his home in Indiana to attend Harvard. And as somebody from the Midwest, um, I can tell you that like people who are born in the Midwest often stay there <laughs> their entire lives. Like there's really strong family values in, in the Midwest um, and to really leave and, and leave permanently is, is sort of a radical thing, especially if you are, um, I'm from a more urban part of the Midwest. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. But if you're from like, like Pete's from South Bend, Indiana, that was a radical moon and that's his a radical moon. That was a really radical move. Um, and you can see in his Sagittarius moon that he's just driven to explore because Sagittarius loves to explore and expand their horizons. Um, he also ventured further when he went overseas to serve in the military after 9-11. So throughout the story of his life, Pete's Sagittarius planets, his moon, his Uranus and Neptune, they're constantly challenging him to see the bigger picture, to expand his horizons and to pursue the truth above everything else. And you'll have to let me know if you're somebody who was born um, in the early 80s and, and you're a part of Pete's sort of like mini generation, like that little segment of the millennial generation, then maybe you feel as well because you have Uranus and Neptune and Sagittarius, this desire to explore and expand and go beyond the things that you were taught and exposed to by your community or family and really kind of curate your own life experience. So you'll have to let me know if that's something that you identify with, but I can really see that in, in, in the chart of anybody who was born during those years. And something that's really specific to Pete's Sagittarius moon is that he expands the horizons of his own home and of his own community because he ran for the mayor of South Bend, Indiana at 29 years old, and he was a gay man. Um, I will add, he was not out as a gay man when he ran as mayor, but it was, it was still a pretty radical move because he was going up against a very established politician and he was just this young guy who didn't have any experience and he managed to win the mayoral seat. And um, for those of you who don't know, Indiana is a very, very conservative state. I was born in that state, so I would know. Um, and th this is where Pete is from. So having Uranus conjunct his moon in Sagittarius means that he is somebody who expands the minds of um, his community and family, the community and family that he came from, because your moon is very much connected to your own ancestral lineage and your own home and your roots. And Uranus is connected to community. Um, and Sagittarius is expansion, so you can see all of that interacting there. And one thing about his life that's really touching for me, um, this again, if you want to like hear it in his words, you can check out the piece that the New York Times did on him. It's a podcast episode. Um, he talks about how he got deployed to go to Afghanistan. I think he was 29, 30, I forget exact what age he was. He was still the mayor, so he had to like take leave from being the mayor in order to go over there. And he's making preparations to go to war. And he realized that he'd never been in love. And if he died overseas, he would have he would die having no idea what it what it would be like to be in love. And who I don't know if you can tell, but like 
I really felt that when I heard him tell that part of his story. I think it can be hard for people, I'm speaking as a, you know, a, a straight cisgendered woman, um, I think it can be hard for straight people to really grasp what's at stake when it comes to LGBTQA plus rights. Like maybe intellectually we get it, but there has, I think when you connect to individual stories like that or like this one, that's when you can really feel um, what's at stake. Cause you know, the fights are about marriage and bathrooms and like things that are like, okay. Um, but what's behind all of it is people who feel like they have to choose between the human experience of love and their own dignity or their dreams or um, pretty much anything else. Um, and the fact that people have to go through that to me is so heartbreaking. Or feeling like you have to hide who you are in order to have something that you want. I don't want anyone to feel like that, um, which is why I'm so glad that we have Pete Buttigieg in this race, whether or not he's nominated. He's, again, he's playing a really important role. Every single one of these candidates are. And also what was happening, I think this happened like around the time he got back from Afghanistan. Mike Pence, our favorite, not really favorite vice president from Indiana, um, passes the uh, Religious Freedom Act, which it's it basically discriminated against gay people. Um, and the Supreme Court around this time was also about to weigh in on gay marriage. And um, he felt, Pete felt as a politician, as somebody who was fighting for gay rights, that he had to, he had to come out. So he wrote an op-ed and he came out as he was up for re-election for mayor, which I have to applaud him for that. I mean, that's just, he's, he, he's an incredibly brave person. Um, He's obviously, like, you can see that he was a soldier. Um, he's put himself out there so many times in his life. Um, and I, I just, he's definitely a brave person. But another thing that he cited that I, I really admired about him is that he also wanted to have the personal life that worked for him because he built this amazing professional life for himself. And he wanted to have a well-rounded, joyful life. So he came out, he got on some dating apps, and he met his future husband, and he's now a happily married, um, successful politician, and it's great. Um, but he's such an interesting candidate also because, because of all that. Um, he's also the youngest, and he's among the most moderate, which is sort of contradicting because a lot of times we, we would associate younger people with being very, very liberal and kind of being towards the more Bernie, San Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren side. And during his college years, he actually was there. He was very liberal. Again, because of when he was born um, and the age he is, he was somebody who came of age during this post 9-11 Bush United States. Um, and he's a part of the Pluto and Libra generation. He has Pluto and Libra, obviously. Um, so older millennials and younger generation X kind of fall into this category. This generation saw the United States descend into a war that we're still fighting. So it's going to be interesting to see how this generation continues to get older. They're currently in their late 30s, early 40s. And we see more of them running for president, taking huge leadership roles um, and really stepping into their power because um, they're like, you know, several years past their Saturn return, they're getting very established as people and they're going to start to really rise. And um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how their collective prioritization of peace can help us heal the many divides and how maybe bringing moderation into um, into a political system that's getting very polarized to the extreme left and the extreme right. It's interesting to see how they might step in to sort of heal that stuff. I feel like we really need this generation right now. So if you're somebody who has Pluto and Libra, start to think about what can I do? Because we definitely need some peacemakers. Um, so yeah. This is going to be a shorter episode. Thank you, Pete Buttigieg, for being a presidential candidate, for stepping up during a really important election year, and happy belated birthday. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of my astrological analysis of the 2020 presidential candidates. I am going to try my very best to release one of these every week so that I can get through all of them, all of the important, I'm really not going to get through all of them, all of the important ones before the primary elections start and things start changing again because everything changes so fast in politics. Um, yeah, so we're going to try for every week and the next time I see you will be on Friday because we have a new moon in Aquarius. Until then, thank you for being on this journey with me. Have a great day.